Hey friends, welcome into another Conversations episode. This time on the podcast, I'm joined by Kyle Armstrong to talk all things Dirt Late Model Dream and more. Kyle hosts the weekly Forward Bite podcast on the Speedsport Podcast Network, which is centered around late model racing. We talk the dream experience, who to watch this week, where Kyle likes to sit at Eldora, and more late model topics. The Double Dream Weekend at Eldora runs Wednesday through Saturday with more than a quarter of a million dollars on the line, and this episode will get you tuned up. Please enjoy the show. Getting ready for the Dirt Late Model Dream, you're actually going to the Dirt Late Model Dream, and and my first kind of question for this is, as somebody like me who's never been to that event, what is so great about that event just as a fan? Obviously, this year, you know, is going to be something even even kind of crazier with with double dreams. Um, but from your perspective, uh, you know, your trips there, what is that event like as a fan and, and why is it so much fun as a fan? I think anytime they have a race in Eldora, it's a good event. And uh, and the dream just is just magnified. I mean, they're pay- it's the biggest race of the year. Obviously, they're paying. You know, it's always been 100000 to win the last couple of years. They went up. Uh, you know, for the 25th annual, it was 20, 125,000. Now it's 126 and 127. Two races in the same week. It's obviously the biggest week in dirt late model racing in 2021 period. And the, probably the biggest uh, race week we've seen in years. I mean, probably since the dirt or the million, you know, that Earl put on there in 2001. So it's definitely a big deal. And I love going to Eldora. I got to go for the first time in 2014 and i haven't missed uh but one race up there it's a big super late model event fans i just love it the atmosphere and i'm sure we'll talk more about that what uh like where's your do you have like your one spot that you sit every year yeah um you know i'm a photographer too i don't know if you know that so i get a credential and i kind of just go everywhere and, and see it all from different perspectives but but uh, but we're kind of home bases. We sit on the on the hillside grass there in turn one, and that's where all of our buddies are. And uh, we always try to make it a big uh, routine to go out there. Which I won't get there early enough this year. But we mark a spot there with uh, caution tape, and uh, we take our lawn chairs and stuff in there early in the early in the week. And it's sort of like an army marching in there to take all that stuff in there and get it all set up. And we build like these custom chair levelers to set our chairs on because the grass is kind of a slope hill and uh so the so you're sitting level and everybody else like comes up to you throughout the week and says, man that's that's sweet that's cool that's a good idea then you go back the next year and every you know a lot more people's uh built those so yeah turn one i like that on the grass they're pretty good but just just anywhere like i can give you one little quick story there like last year 2019 i believe it was last time they had the dream um during that heat five incident when when it started raining i was i actually had one of the coolest angles of that period i was up on top of the tower up there standing right beside Derek kessinger and and uh you know a couple of the camera operators and stuff at the same you know shooting pictures myself of that accident um you know so i had that that like the perfect angle that you could have had of that and then then it started raining so i came down off the roof and then i went and kind of secured my camera equipment so it didn't get wet i went down to the infield and as Blomquist was crossing the scales and he was light, I was right there for that. So that whole memory I've got of that, man, I was right there on the spot during all of that. So anywhere you can go there. And I always recommend people that's never been to go stand at the fence and one of the corners and just watch the cars go by. Uh, it's it's really a thrill like no other. I don't think you can get a thrill like that anywhere else in the world. 
Do you have your, uh, I, I feel like the uh, the concessions at Eldora are always a, a topic of conversation. Do you have a go-to concessions item? Uh, well, the hot cheese balls. I love eating those. I, I usually eat too many of those during the weekend and uh, probably probably uh, probably won't grab as many of those this week because I know what the after effect will do. But the pizza burgers are good. The cheeseburgers are good. The, the wings are good. Um, you know, really everything they've got is, is pretty good and it's all reasonably reasonably priced. But I guess one of my most favorite things really is the uh, the $2 beer. I mean, you can't beat that value anywhere. And then of course, you have to get a toilet water at some point uh, during the weekend, and especially if you're a first-time uh, Eldora a visitor, you definitely have to try toilet, uh, toilet water. Yeah, for sure. This week, I feel like is is obviously going to be crazy because it's two full programs. You know, tomorrow night, ten thousand, and then one hundred twenty-seven thousand on Thursday, and then back Friday for another ten thousand, then one hundred twenty-six thousand on Saturday. Um, who are we thinking are the you know kind of drivers to beat? You know, we're, we're coming off Davenport sweeping the weekend at West Virginia Motor Speedway. You know, Kyle Larson is going to be there in the Rumley Six. Uh, you know, you got to think with money on the line. Brandon Shepard's going to be up there. So, you know, who are those guys that you're kind of pointing at that you think are going to have a real shot this week? Well, of course, Davenport's going to be good. I, I don't think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to win something up there. I mean, he, even if he wins the 50-50, he's going to walk out of there with winning something. Uh, Josh Rice, though, I'm telling you right now, he's one that I've got my eye on. As a, I wouldn't even call him a dark horse, but just the way he runs so good at Florence Speedway, there, I think that I think, hey, this could be, uh, especially one of those twin ten thousand win short uh, sprint races. I think he can get up on the wheel and get the job done in one of those. But of course, Kyle Larson's coming, and I know a lot of people are talking about Larson. And man, it would not surprise me a bit to see him win uh, one, if not both, of those big pay and dream hundred lap races. I think he's equipped to do it. He's obviously got the car. He's got Kevin Rumley, and uh, he's got everything. Uh, he's got all the parts and pieces to win. I mean, we could go on and on about. Of course, Devin Moran. He's good right now. He almost won at West Virginia Motor Speedway this weekend. Uh, having having a little mishap there, had a flat tire late in the race, but uh, Hudson O'Neill won the Show Me 100 the other day. I mean, it's if you can make the field and and be one of those 28 starters in the in the dream, uh, you've got a shot to win. And of course, I talked to Dale McDowell last night on my podcast, and and Dale hasn't finished worse than sixth place since he won that race in 2014. So he's always a contender. He's going to be toward the front. It's a guarantee. Chris Madden, the, the list really goes on. Daryl Lanigan, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good heavy hitters that's that's gonna that's gonna go up there and do good. And I think that's why we enjoy going. It's there's nothing else like it. It's it's unpredictable, really. Is there like a certain style of driver or something that maybe that place favors, or is it just you know, is it who's hot every year that come into that place? Like you know, it, can you put your finger on any sort of factors of of what guys do well there? It's really hard to say. It's the track can be different every single night. It could be, and I and there's a lot of like there's some weather in the forecast this week, so I predict it's going to be pretty heavy and wide open. And I look for somebody like uh, uh, Kyle Bronson. I think he can get up on the wheel and and do good in those kind of conditions. And then whenever it slicks off, you know Tim McCready. And I can't believe I didn't mention Tim McCready uh, or Brandon Overton or um, just. You kind of have a knack or, or you kind of have a feeling to know who to look for whenever the track does certain things. And you just, I don't really have a certain way. I, I think Scott Bloomquist, if it gets slick, like he, he might even be in the mix. So there's there's just different uh, driving styles that a lot of those different guys have. And I think, uh, I think, I think um, 
you know, how it leans, leans a certain way for certain drivers whenever the track's a certain way and the conditions have a lot to do with it for sure. I know they put out a bulletin about kind of tires and limiting teams and things like that. You know, we've been kind of hearing about the shortages and things like that. Do you think from the fans perspective that that's going to make any difference, uh, you know, on the racing we're going to see over the next few days? Well, I don't think it's going to make any difference as far as a fan's perspective this weekend. I think it'll, uh, I think it should go smooth. I think they know that they've got the supply of tires, but um, what I'm worried about is uh, maybe the long-term effects of this or, or maybe short-term, long-term because uh, that race right here after uh, the dream at Eldora, the, I'm not trying to skip ahead, but that race at Charlotte has already been postponed, the Ultimate Series race. So I think, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot of that. And that was a question I had for McDowell on my podcast last night. He uh, said he doesn't think it's a um, so much of a supply issue. He thinks it's just a problem of uh, finding people to work and build those tires. So, man, I hope it uh, – I don't think it's going to affect this weekend much. I think the car counts will be a little less because of that. Think other than that, we should uh, should be okay this weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like something I've actually talked about on my own show a bunch is just it feels like there's a lot of parity this year in, in dirt late model racing. We haven't seen you know after we, we come off last year where Owens and Shepard and, and Overton kind of dominate everything, and now this year it's like we've seen a lot more winners and and you know the the World of Outlaws have had just about as many winners this season as they had all of last season. Um, what do you kind of make of that? And, and, you know, is the playing field just level? Is this just a strange year? Kind of what are your thoughts about the season that we've had so far? Well, it's, it's hard to really give you a good answer on that, but I think that it just shows how competitive this whole field is. And, um, I think, I think anybody who knows Peter in the pit area that shows up and, and pays their entry fee is, is, uh, is capable of doing a good job and winning, of course, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the exact answer is, but I, I think that it's, I think that it's great for the sport that we've got so many, uh, so many talented drivers and teams and cars that are capable of pulling off a lot of these wins. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's definitely good for the sport to, uh, to spread the wealth around. I guess you could say. Uh, one of the things that I've asked a few drivers about, and, and I kind of did a daily show about, is is and kind of because of the dirt late model world, is is the idea of championships. And and from your perspective, somebody that's been a fan for as long as you have, and and hosting your show, what are your thoughts about championships in in the dirt late model world? It seems like that the bigger race is kind of like what we're about to to witness with the dream and and some of this other stuff. It seems like it almost kind of takes precedent over the Lucas Championship or the Outlaw Championship. But for you, are those championships important, or do you think those big race wins mean more? I know, man, you had seemed like we had differing opinions on that. I tweeted at you on that. And I think that to me, I mean, it's cool to win a Lucas Oil championship, but, you know, really how cool is it? Because like last year, Jimmy Owens won the Lucas Oil championship and uh, it was sort of just, and maybe it was because of the pandemic, but it was just sort of quietly uh, never really celebrated much or, or made much of a big deal out of, but you still haven't forgot who won the world 100 and stuff like that in the years past. So. I don't really know. I mean, it pays good definitely to win those championships. It pays uh, 75000 to win and a bunch of contingency awards in the Lucas Oil. And then on the World of Outlaws, it pays 100000 to win. But what I don't understand is um, at this point of the year, there's only nine full-time teams still in the World of Outlaws, you know, since Strickler's dropped off. Uh, so it's, it's like, I don't know if it, I don't know what it really means to these guys. I know it costs a lot to do this, but I think, uh, you can also look at a team like Dale McDowell, the way they run, uh, just picking and choosing and going to races that make sense to them, not going just because it's on the tour. Um, I think 
and then you know you look at Brandon Overton too. Uh, they can go win a lot of races, a lot of ten thousand win races right in their backyard, and they don't really have to go chase that tour. And I think they probably make a lot more money and spend a lot less in diesel fuel than chasing those tours. So um, you got to look at a lot of things like that. I think play an effect on it. I think uh, maybe on some of those tours, maybe we're uh, going too far out west or too far east or too, you know, to to really get some of these centrally located guys to to follow it. I don't know. I mean, like Kyle Bronson, for example, he's based out of Florida, but I don't think he goes home until the season's over because. You know, he has to work out of somebody else's shop most of the time. And I don't know who, who that is right now, but it's I don't know what, uh, if I answered your question there or not on that. But I, I just I, I don't know if it seems as important. And I, I think it, I, I do follow it. I keep up with it and keep up with who's wearing the points, obviously. But uh, I don't think a lot of these some of these guys really see it as important as uh, I don't know. It's just like a, a bowling trophy to some of them, I guess, when they see that, that they can go win more money, I guess, regionally. What do you think about it? I feel like, you know, to, to me, you know, kind of like I come from a more of a pavement background and, and you know, I the first race I ever went to was a dirt race. But like as I as I grew up, like NASCAR was kind of the thing. And it just seems like championships are just, you know, that's what everybody's shooting for. And, and you know, even if you look at like the sprint car side, right, like everybody wants to be a world about a sprint car champion but on the late model side, it's just, it, the feel is very different. And, and, you know, like you watched like what Overton did, even this year, like he comes out of Florida leading the Lucas points. And like, if there is a year where he's going to win the championship or has a good shot to win the championship, you would have thought this was it. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, then he's off the tour and not doing it and, and probably never had, you know, the plans to even follow it anyway. And, and I just, it, it's weird to me that you have a championship that maybe doesn't mean as much because of like, you know, what I am used to is, is that those championships are a big deal. Um, but, and, and you, you saw it this year with Davenport, right? Like he takes this risk to go run Bristol. He's going to partner up with, with Kyle Bush and potentially miss, you know, some of those Lucas shows. And it's, it's probably going to work out in his favor. And he's probably still going to be a factor here down the stretch with the way the rainouts happened and, and the way the Lucas rule book is. But I know it's, it's strange to me to think that these guys are, are not so worried about it. And especially, you know, the, a lot of these guys racing for a living, right? Like if, if you want to go race for a living, the opportunity to, to go and follow a series and get tow money and, and get some benefits and things like that, you would think that that would be a little more valuable to them. But I, I see both sides of it, right? Like I understand Overton or a guy like Ross Bales or whatever, where it's like you can go run, you know, around the Carolinas and, and South Carolina, Georgia and Tennessee and, and still be able to hit up a ton of really good paying shows and not have to go that far. But it's like, I just wonder if, you know, at the end of their careers, like if you look back at a guy like Overton and he never won a national tour championship, like, are do we look less upon him, you know, legacy wise, you know, if, if he hasn't done something like that, I just, I don't know the answer to those questions. Yeah, those are good points. I agree with everything you said, but, and there again, I, you know, I've never stroke a check to uh, pay for anything on one of these race cars. So I don't know how tough it, I mean, I know it's expensive to do what they do. So um, I think that they kind of have to have a little bit of a, you know, mindful of what they're spending and, uh, you know, you can get, you can go broke quick on these tours. I think that might be what happened to uh, Kyle Strickler. I, I don't really think that that team owner he had uh, really knew what he was getting into. I, I, you know, just to say, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, I mean, it's a tough sport. It's humbling and uh, it's always, it's always changing. You're only as good as your next race in this sport. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of the of the championship races, where, where are you at right now? Obviously, we've got Madden and Shepard have kind of separated themselves from everybody else with the Outlaws. And then, you know, right now, O'Neal, McCready, and Davenport have kind of pushed out a little further ahead with Lucas. Like, if you were to make a call right now, who do you think is going to win these deals? It's probably going to be Shepard. I, 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 uh, I think Madden, if he wouldn't have missed the, if he wouldn't have, uh, if he would have had his provisional stuff set up right at Volusia, I think he'd be, obviously, he'd be leading the points right now. I think I have a, added it up and all that but um tim mccready i think uh i think i'm gonna book it right now i'll say mccready will win the lucas oil championship this year because uh, i think that uh he, he's been consistent every week but he hasn't even turned up the wick yet and to you know start picking off some of these wins and i think uh i think they're dialed in and uh, ready to strike and especially this weekend here at eldora too so not it's not a point race but i think that uh they're i think they're getting ready to i think they're getting ready to turn the wick up a little bit yeah for sure uh obviously you're in charlotte i'm in charlotte or charlotte area anyway um i'm sure you probably get a chance to get out to some races around here what what are those tracks or kind of regional series that you're excited about when you uh, get a chance to travel here uh, well the regional series I, I really enjoy the ultimate series ultimate super late model series kelly carlton and those guys they've been really great to me uh, great to work with and uh, go in there and take pictures and whatever. And uh, I really kind of follow their series. I know uh, uh, Clay Knight and uh, Anthony Sanders and Jeff Smith, and they're, they've got a really neat little points battle going on right now. And that they're tied, they're like top four is tied in points, basically. I mean, not like literally, but they're basically like under a blanket. So it's that's a good one to follow. Um, but as far as tracks, I always enjoy going to Cherokee Speedway. It's kind of in, in our backyard. You know, we've uh, I grew up going there. Uh, Carolina Speedway and Gastonia, they don't really have as many big races anymore as, they, as they've as they had. But, man, I grew up going there. I, that's where I pretty much learned to drive and cut my teeth and had my first job there selling uh, the racing newspapers. So uh, there's a lot of these tracks that are near and dear to me and um, and it's not always dirt either. This Saturday night, we went to Bowman Gray Stadium to a capacity crowd, sold out, and that was a blast. I mean, that's you can't beat that place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tell me about the podcast. You know, you you just had McDowell on. You've had Peyton Looney on. You've, I mean, we talked about Kyle Strickler, Nick Hoffman. Like, I mean, you've had a ton of guys on the show. Uh, how do you get started with the show? And and uh, you know, maybe run me through some some high points for you as you've done the show. Yeah, we've had we've had fun doing it. Uh, the uh, a guy, a friend of mine on Facebook, I've never really met him in person, but his name is Mr. Bill. He used to be on 99.7 The Fox here in Charlotte uh, years ago as a DJ. He raced school buses whenever they had the summer shootout there and turned one over one time. He told me about him and Robbie Gordon getting getting into an argument because Robbie wanted to turn one over. He turned it over before, but anyway, long story uh, short there, but yeah, he just reached out to me and basically said, man, we're uh we're, we're about to start a podcast network here on speed sport. Would you be interested in doing a show? And I said, I said, maybe. And I kind of kicked around the idea and I actually had, uh, had in mind to get Chris Ferguson involved with it and kind of be like my co-host with it, but he really couldn't commit to it. And he's, he's super busy. And as, as we found out, I'm super busy, but I still find time to do it, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. Speed sports been, been great. And we're kind of, we're kind of trying to get it going and, uh, financially and stuff with uh, with some advertising and all that kind of stuff, but but it's been fun. I mean, I've reached out to a lot of good big names to to come on. You know, we had Jonathan Davenport and 
he was kind of leery at first. He kind of put me off. And then I think, I think after he saw what we kind of had going on, he's like, man, I don't want to be a part of this. So he reached back out to me. And a lot of these guys have kind of been that way. Uh, or, you know, I don't really think they know what we had going on there for a while. I was kind of leaning on a bunch of friends and buddies of mine, but now I sort of feel like we can, we can get a hold of anybody we want to in the sport and talk to them on the, on the show with the platform we have. And, and I, I feel I feel pretty good about that. I think that's neat. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to go to Eldora this weekend. And I don't really think I've shown my face at a big national race like that since we've had this going. So, so that'll be fun. I think uh, maybe some fans or something of the show will, will say hi or whatever. And I think that'll be neat. Had Mike Marler in there too. He uh, pretty much had him on there as, and he announced his uh, NASCAR cup deal basically on my podcast that night. So, there's been some neat moments of it, and I, I've enjoyed all of them. I mean, I had Jack Hewitt on there, like on episode ten or eleven, and I was like, you know, I just reached out to his wife and bought a t-shirt, and she said, and I kind of put in my PayPal memo, I said, I've got this podcast. I'd love to talk to Jack Hewitt. Really, when we started it, that was my goal. I want to talk to Jack Hewitt, like at all costs. So, uh, so we got him on there and had a blast talking to him. So my only problem with it is sometimes we're kind of cut short, you know, they, they've got the producers and, the, you know, we're sort of, sort of got a candy coat what we talk about, what we say. And, uh, but, but it's fine. We get by with it. We have a lot of fun doing it. How, uh, how many episodes have you done at this point? How, and how often are you doing them? We did one last night. It was episode number 27 and we try to put one out every Monday. Um, I don't really feel bad if we miss a week. I think that's to be expected and just so busy. Like, so we've we basically only had two episodes there in May, but we're going to ramp it back up and get get going here. Do it weekly. I don't know who I'll have on there week to week. It's just spur of the moment, you know. Kind of like you reached out to me on this. It's just we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where can people find it uh, if they want to check it out? Yeah, it's on Apple, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Speedsport.com slash podcast, or it's also on NASCAR.com slash podcast. Uh, and probably a few other places, but those are the ones I know about. What, uh, what's like a bucket list guest that you would like to have uh, at some point in the future? Now that you've already had Jack, I guess. Yeah. Well, Jack is cool, but Jack Hewitt. And so Jack Hewitt, I asked him about Freddie Smith on there and he said that he could have got a hold of Freddie Smith. He wouldn't have a neck or something like that. <laughs> and I don't want to get Freddie Smith on there so bad. Just really in general just talk to him because freddie smith's really my racing hero and uh but i want to ask him about that for one thing but yeah i would say freddie smith would be uh would definitely be a uh man that would be icing on the cake where uh do you just do all your recording and stuff at speed sport yeah but they have a studio there set up and uh, I, I get off work on monday and i go straight to the studio and they're basically there waiting on me they're kind of working around my schedule and i go in and uh, kind of basically have a notebook of notes and thoughts in my mind and sit in there and do it. And it's, you know, I definitely probably don't do as much research as you do as like I should do, but you do a great job with your show, but we, we, uh, and I listen to your stuff daily. I mean, you, I love listening to your quick hitters and tell, you know, you keep me up to date on everything. So I appreciate that. But, but yeah, our show is just, we do it weekly and, uh, in the speed sports studio here in Mooresville, North Carolina. Perfect. Uh, where, what are you excited about here coming up uh, for the rest of the late model season? Is there other races you're going to try to get to, or, or, or what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I'm going to try to go to, I always look forward to going to the North South 100 at 
Florence Speedway, Florence, Kentucky. Um, I would like to try to get to Port Royal Speedway this year in Pennsylvania uh, for a couple of big races. And then and it's so tough with my work schedule and stuff. I'm probably just going to have to kind of stay local and really look forward to going to Cherokee Speedway or, or Lancaster whenever they have supers or, or uh, you know, like I said, I love going to Bo McGray too. And, and another driver you mentioned, Nick Hoffman, he, he's just as much of a race fan as any of us. I, I mean, Nick Hoffman wins all the time and, and he came and uh, he, he texted me Saturday afternoon and said, man, can you save us a seat at Bo McGray? So we did. And, him and his dad and one of his buddies, they came up and sat with us. So, uh, so we had a blast up there and probably do some more of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, especially since it's back open, take advantage of that. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here before I let you go. Uh, who is winning the two dreams this week? All right. The two dreams this weekend, man, I, I, I really think Larson's going to win one of them. I really do. I'll pick Larson and, uh, and we'll go with Tim McCready. I think it's going to be Longhorn Dominance this weekend at Eldora. There you go. Uh, your win picks for the dream, courtesy of Kyle Armstrong. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate the time today, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, before we let you go, I want to ask, I want to put you on the spot. Who okay. do you have? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think Davenport wins one of them. I think he's just been too good this year. Um, and, and, you know, he, he won last, whatever, Saturday night at, at West Virginia Motor Speedway and was sick the whole day. Um, so I, I like Davenport in one of them. Um, and I, I like Larson too. I feel like just because of like the run he's on right now and it like just hasn't seemed to matter what, what type of car he's in, what service he's on, he's, he's been winning everything. And it would be such a fantastic story if Larson showed up and won one of the dreams. So I'm like, I'm kind of hoping he wins one just because of that. I totally agree. Yeah, that, those are good picks. I, I like Davenport too, but you know, we didn't steer away from the Longhorn camp there either. So. <laughs> For sure, they've been so good. It's it's hard to do yeah. that. So, well, all right, man. I appreciate the time. Absolutely, Justin. I appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to seeing what you got coming up in the future. And uh, we'll stay in touch, man. If you'd like to check out the Forward Byte podcast, you can find it on the major podcast platforms or visit speedsport.com slash podcasts. Recent guests include Dale McDowell, Peyton Looney, Mike Norris, Clay Knight, and a bunch more. It's also available at dirttracker.com slash podcasts. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.